Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. There we go. It's quite difficult, isn't it? 9.45 in the morning, you sort of feel like, I wish I was still in bed. <laughs> that's, that's where Danielle and Maya are this morning, I think. Um, sleeping soundly. So, the point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I wonder what words spring to mind when you think of generosity. What words, what phrases can you think of? Should we shout some out? Bit of audience participation. Kindness, excellent. Giving, I was hoping somebody would say that. <laughs> Generosity of spirit. Generosity of spirit. Talents. Talents. Any more? Thoughtfulness, I like it. Gratitude, Gratitude. interesting. What is it like to receive generosity? Open-heartedness. Ooh, I like that. Hospitality. Hospitality. This is something I had to grapple with because Patch, in his wisdom, was preaching on hospitality the other day and I realized I'd have to be very careful not to step on his toes and uh, preach the same (laughs) sermon twice. Hospitality, excellent. Anything else? Love. I like it. I think one of the difficulties with the English language is that we can often think quite narrowly with our words because we use single words to mean a lot of things. This is the case with generosity. Kindness, giving, forgiveness. I don't know if anybody spoke that one. Love. Togetherness, community, belonging, to give up control, to be joyful. Generosity is accumulative. Here's a good one. Generosity is risky. It's unguarded. And my favorite of all, magnanimous. Does anybody want to have a guess at what magnanimous means? Come on. Big hearted, that's the one. Magna, to be large, to magnify. Animus, the spirit, the soul, the thing that is at the center of us. Generosity is about being big souled. Who wants to be big souled? I want to be big souled. I like the sound of that. Let's hold some of these words in our mind's eye as we think back to what Paul is doing. Maybe a little bit of context for this story as well. Now Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. Corinth is this major metropolitan city. It's a bit of a a multicultural hub, kind of like a really essential, very, very wealthy trading hub for the Roman Empire. You've got people of all nationalities, you've got people of all faiths, all gathered together in this one place. Um, The church there was initially extremely enthusiastic. They listened to what Paul said 
uh, the church grew large, but, and there is quite a big but here, um, Corinth very quickly decided that, mm, Paul, why are we listening to this guy? He isn't good looking. He is kind of boring. He's poor. He is smelly. Um, maybe there's some other wiser, smarter people out there. And so Corinth starts to basically criticize Paul. And this is, one of, this is kind of the situation that Paul is writing towards. One of the things that he is doing is writing to Corinth, um, partly because of this real wrestling and struggling that Paul has with the church in Corinth. They kind of are a little bit snobby. They're quite distant. And they don't, they just, they just haven't got what Paul has come to say to them. In the light of all this, and in the, in, in the situation of this, um, Paul is writing to them specifically to ask something from them. He wants them to give, not just in general terms, but specifically. The church in Jerusalem, which is one of the original founding churches that spreads Christianity across uh, that, uh, that part of the world, um, is struggling. There's a famine. People are going hungry. People are in danger. And one of Paul's jobs, along with a bunch of his other friends, is to go round the churches that they've been founding to ask for aid. Now, loads of the churches have been saving up to prepare a gift so that when someone comes along, they can pick up the gift and send it back to Jerusalem in gratitude as a sign of solidarity, as a sign of togetherness, as a sign of community, as a recognition that they are brothers and sisters in Christ. Corinth has not done this. Corinth has said, why should we give money to Jerusalem? Why should we give money to this thing that Paul talks about? We don't even like Paul that much. Let's remind ourselves of the fact that Corinth was rich. These weren't poor Christians. These were wealthy Christians. And yet their ability to think generously of others was sadly lacking. Do you detect the tension now in that reading as Paul writes to the Corinthians? I love the idea of him sending that message. God, God loves a cheerful giver, guys. What do we think when we ask ourselves and when we interrogate ourselves when it comes to generosity? In preparing for this talk, I was thinking about some truths that I could hang what I wanted to say off. So bear with me. One of the things I came to the conclusion was that generosity is not just an action. It's an atmosphere and an action. Let's say that again. Generosity is an atmosphere and an action. Generosity also tells us who we are and to whom we belong. Let's unpack those two a little bit more. As you guys have been doing and calling out with some of those words, generosity is more than just financial giving, although that is important. 
Generosity is about thinking, well, as Dave said, generosity of spirit, being willing to think well of others. Generosity is about being willing to maybe let go of some control, of some power, to be prepared to take a risk on another person. Generosity is about sharing from what we have, about building community. There is an atmosphere we are trying to create. It's not just a single action. It's a culture. It's a kingdom mentality, if you will. Generosity tells us who we are and to whom we belong. The gene bit of generosity shares the same root of the word gene, where we get our genetic heritage. Generosity, in the sort of original understanding, was told us something about who you were. In the old days, generosity basically meant nobility. If you were generous, it was because you were noble, you were high-born, you were wealthy, you were predisposed to be this way. The fact that you were giving said something about your birth. If you're a peasant, you can't possibly be generous. One of the things I love about Jesus is he turns that on its head, doesn't he? Generosity doesn't have anything to do with your physical birth, with your physical lineage. But it does have something to do with who you belong to. Because we don't see ourselves as being the ancestor of this person or that person. No, as Christians, we see ourselves as belonging to Christ, the King. In that sense, we are all nobility, aren't we? Sons and daughters of the King. To be generous is to remind ourselves that that's who we are. Sons and daughters of the King being sent out with the good news that everybody else can be adopted into that royal family. Generosity, it's an atmosphere and an action. Generosity, it tells us who we are and to whom we belong. Sounds good so far. One of the things I did was a bit of reading around this and I came across a woman called Amelia or Amalia Campbell. She's written a book about generosity. And this is what she said. She's written a TED talk. She did a TED talk, by the way, on YouTube. It's excellent. I recommend going and finding it. Just type generosity TED talk. She'll pop up. This is what she says. Generosity leads to healthier bodies, greater empathy, longer lifespans, lower rates of depression. Not only is generosity good from a spiritual sense, it actually does us good too. So we've got to ask ourselves the question, why, why don't we? Why don't we do this more? Why don't we give more of ourselves away? When we look at the world, why is it all about the haves and the have-nots? I think it's because if you do really start to be generous, you start to realize that generosity is not just about giving a bit. Generosity means being willing to ultimately give everything to God and to each other. Sounds frightening, doesn't it? I wonder if 
uh, we were to start shouting out words again about the opposite of generosity. I wonder what words we might say. I'm not going to do it now, but I have written some down. Being tight. Being miserly. Being distant. Being unforgiving. Anxiety. These are negative words, but what about this? Being frightened, not wanting to let go, and being controlling. Wanting to protect yourself, trying to be safe. When we start to analyze some of the words around the opposite of generosity, you can start to see why people hold on, are less self-giving. To give everything away, to give all of yourself away, seems too much, doesn't it? One of the things we have to remember when we're talking about generosity is that generosity is also about receiving, as much as it is about giving. One of the things that Paul is trying to remind the Corinthians is how much Jerusalem and the Church of Jerusalem has given them in sending out missionaries, in telling them the good news, and in letting them know just what Jesus Christ has done for them on the cross. The ultimate act of giving. The ultimate act of forgiveness. I love forgiveness. Forgiveness. Do you know why it's called forgiveness? It's because you give four times. You give to yourself because you've let go of the thing that you're holding on to. You give to the other person, because you've forgiven them of the thing that they've done. You give to God, because he loves it. And you give to the future, because if you forgive people, you build community. Forgiveness, you give four times. More bang for your buck. So... We've got to contend with two things. Generosity is essential. It's a kingdom-building aspect. When we're generous, we remind ourselves of who we belong to, and we are setting about building the kingdom, creating a new atmosphere. But we need to recognize that it's difficult. It's difficult because we're frightened. We're not there yet, are we? Heaven has not come. The kingdom has not been fully built. We're in the process, and we do need to recognize that. That means that we need to see generosity as a broader thing. We do need to be giving to others. We do need to be generous of spirit. But we also need to be generous to ourselves and recognize where we are on that journey. We are all on a journey towards the kingdom of God. And one day, we will fully understand what it means to be intimately and wholly in the presence of Christ. And when we find that situation, then we will also be wholly and totally in the presence of each other. But we're not there yet. So, challenge yourself. Let yourself be a little bit frightened of what it means to be generous, because it is frightening. Challenge yourself on your generosity. Ask yourself, what area do I struggle with? Is it a financial issue? Is it an issue of forgiveness? 
Is it an issue of patience? Is it an issue of giving time? Is it an issue of self-generosity? Are you too self-critical? What are you going to work on today? Pick one of those things. Take one step on the journey towards total generosity. And as you're walking that journey, remember that we're not there yet, but we are all working together and walking together, and we are all working to build the kingdom. Amen. Father God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for its culture of generosity. Father God, I'm a recipient of that culture of generosity. It's St. Paul's that sent me out to Trinity. It's St. Paul's that have been prepared to have me back and listen to me ramble on this morning. Father God, I thank you for that. Lord, would you help to remind them that generosity is about giving everything? Would you also help to remind them that generosity is about remembering what we are receiving from you, being confident in the knowledge that the sower who sows abundantly reaps abundantly, that from you we receive good things. Amen.